Well, I mean, if she was just no, if she was just having sex with right. all the cops, like with fifty-seven, if she was just she getting was, blockchained by a bunch of cops and wasn't married, then she's then she's just sort of loose. She's having fun. Yeah, she's, that's fun. Great. She, right. She's she, a liar. She's a she liar. She had a fu- she had a fucking husband. She's a fucking whore. Yeah. Period. That's it. I'm Don Hall, and I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. The Literate Apecast uses bad words. If you don't like bad words, maybe send and listen to it. <laughs> You are Ooh. stoned on a Saturday morning. No, I'm I, <laughs> I'm <sighs> hung over from it. I guess I don't know. This is weird. Um, Katie went and bought. She's got a uh, medical card, you know, medical marijuana card, and yep. she made a run to the dispensary and got these edibles. And you know, apparently the medical grade shit is more potent than the the other the regular you know over the counter stuff. Well, I would hope so. Yeah. Well, so 10 milligrams a piece. Last night, I took half of one, which is five milligrams. 10 divided by two is five. And usually five <laughs> milligrams, it's just enough for like a little high. Like I watched a movie last night, ate some food, and that was like, that was all I needed. But I was, I was high last night. And I woke up this morning and felt hungover. I was like, did I, did I drink last night? But no, I, I didn't drink just like this shit is potent and i am still today like i'm i'm in a weird fog and my like well this this should make is i you know it's it's not as it's not as good as when you're you know either one of us is completely wasted hammered. yeah 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 uh you know in terms of the 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 slurring and the bad uh the bad takes and you know i get i get incredibly obnoxious you get really you know i just get weird well, you get weird and you start juicing juicing on about your uh, about your fam your job and your family in ways that probably aren't appropriate. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's this is a different thing. <laughs> what in the hell is going on back there? There's dogs, there's oh, children. Dude, why do you think I was getting high last night? This house is okay. chaos. <laughs> you know, the dogs are fighting with each other. Harry is probably winding them up. Katie's t- trying to play with Jacob. I'm, mean, you know, it's this is chaos, man. This is the sound of a of a happy home. Is that what it's the sound of? Okay, that's good. That's, that's good. I, I, it's that's, good to know because to me, a happy home sounds ourselves. Like, like silence. That's what a happy home sounds yeah. like to me. But hey, what are you going to do? Uh, speaking of being drug addled, um, yes, I was rattled by the news of Lisa Marie Presley dying this week or last week. Why did it rattle you? I mean, other than the I, fact that it's a famous person that died, why, why did it rattle? Yeah, because I know, and we've we've talked about this that like you know, famous people dying, like there was always the you feel you know, in some you feel like you've lost a friend, you know, because you know you you grow up with these people and you know with their music and their movies and TV shows or whatever. But I didn't really grow up with Lisa Marie's music. <laughs> you Nobody <know>? did, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I think it's just that. It was weird that it was her, the week of her dad's birthday, which I know doesn't really matter. Maybe it matters to numerologists. I don't know. 
Um, but that just that struck me as odd. And I've always had an interesting relationship with Elvis because my my mom and my and grandma and and my aunts are huge Elvis fans. And um, when my grandparents when my grandparents lived in Arkansas, in Mountain View, Arkansas, there was this place called Tommy's Famous. And Tommy's Famous was a pizzeria and rib joint. And best pizza, best ribs you'll ever have. Tommy used to work security for Elvis when he was at the, Intercon- at the Intercontinental, when it, before it was the Hilton in Las Vegas, like during the Vegas days. So Tommy had all these stories and, you know, just really cool stuff. And then working for the oldie station, like we did like great Elvis promotions. I just like, Elvis was such well, a... You've heard- I've told you my story because my mom was likewise uh, a huge, like she, she almost, she almost, her story, the way she tells it, she almost, she had the potential to kill Elvis Presley what? because she was, she was at a concert and, um, she was like in a, an upper deck, like not fully upper deck, but he was leaving the stage and was walking down into the, like the tunnel to go back to the backstage. Mm-hmm. And she knew that she could jump off and land on him. <laughs> and, and and she seriously considered doing that, uh, but then thought better of it because she didn't want to kill Elvis. Uh, right. Then the other, then the other Elvis story is like, uh, and this was when I was in college, but she had never been to Graceland. So one mother's day, I just drove up and picked her up. I said, pack a bag for like three days. And she didn't know why. And I took her to Graceland. And, uh, uh, and oh, it was just magic. It was. It was magic. It is magic. It's a weird place. Yeah. My, so my dad did not like or does not like Elvis. So in growing up, there was this like quiet divide of like my mom would put an Elvis record on and my dad would make a thing about it. And I just remember <laughs> thinking like, why doesn't dad like Elvis? Like I've never quite f- figured out my dad's taste in music and what his guideposts are for what he likes. Because he hates country, but... Loves Kenny Rogers, loved Shania Twain <laughs> for whatever that's worth. But that could have been more about you know Shania. Um, hates Jimmy Buffett, but doesn't mind some country and loves boats and shit. So I, it doesn't doesn't make sense. Um, but anyway, my grandma took me to uh, Graceland when I was I think a junior or sophomore in high school, right around like maybe that summer between, and that changed me like i was always an elvis fan but like that made me he like was so really cool. he was so cool and it's such a weird kitschy place now because it's left like it was in 1977 when he died so it's very yeah gaudy in 1970 but it's so perfectly elvis and well what what really struck me was that it's so <clears throat> tiny it's really small. You know, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not it's, a it's mansion. Like it's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's like a regular house with these bizarre fucked up the jungle room and the TV yeah. room and like and like it's you know it's and they don't let you go upstairs to the upstairs because that's where he died. That's and where I he get died, that, yep. you know, you know. But then you have the then you have the museum which is attached, and you have yep. the plane, and you the can planes walk out on there, the plane. Yeah. Yep. I yeah no I I I I really walked out of there going I was always a Beatles fan, not an Elvis fan. See, why can't um, you be both? That's the thing well, that, that I never understood. Well, I was a kid. I was a kid, and I didn't know any better. And you know, and it was like that. Mom loved Elvis, so of course I was going to love Beatles. And yeah. uh, and then by the, then when I took Mom to Graceland, I walked out of there 
becoming an Elvis fan. Like, I like this guy. Yeah. I like who he was. I like what he represented in a lot of ways. He was super giving to the community. And holy shit, this guy was, a, a, I mean, he was a phenomenon worldwide. And so yeah. that was kind of, that was kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We did, um, we had this thing in, in radio called Elvis on the air. This guy, Steve Christopher, he was not an Elvis impersonator, but was like the Elvis expert and was sanctioned by Graceland, by the estate, the Elvis Presley estate, to do these radio shows. And he would come on and he'd like had every song that Elvis had ever recorded in his collection. And he carried around like, you know, suitcases of CDs because this is still, I mean, we were in the digital era when this was happening, but like he just had everything on CD. Um, and I used to go drinking with this guy and he was a fucking riot to drink with, but he was also dating one of the sweet inspirations, which was Elvis's backup band. Oh for yeah. A while. Yeah. So there were times, cause we did a couple of promotions with this guy and there were times when I was like, he and Myrna <laughs> of the sweet inspirations were dating and they would get hammered. And have like these blowout couples fights, and I'm there like 22 years old, like managing, drunk my, you know, because I'm drinking with these guys, like just yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know the least thing. I think it's just like it's just a wild. It feels like a, it feels like a weird tragedy, you know, because her son killed himself a couple years ago. Well, I think her the thing. I think her life was a tragedy. I think her death is probably a relief. Um. Cause she had a shitty life and you know, and the thing is, okay, so you're Elvis Presley's daughter and you're not a mega star. You don't really have, you know, that drive or whatever. Yeah. Um, the fuck do you do with yourself? I mean, how do you live? And, <laughs> you marry, you, know what I you mean? marry Michael Jackson. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do that. And the thing, the fact that she died of a heart attack at 54 is not a big surprise. Elvis died of a heart attack at 42. Yeah. Her grandfather died at 63 of a heart attack. Her grandmother died of a heart attack at 46. Heart attacks is how the Presleys die. That's just, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, you know, I, I, that's the thing. So it wasn't a surprise, but yeah, I guess my reaction to it was like, oh, well, thank God she's done. Cause Jesus. I mean, she did not, well, no, she had a really, <laughs> Well, no, she had such Thank a... Thank God aw- she's done. Well, I mean, it's like, the thing about it is she had a really awful life. She just did not have a good life. She was an unhappy person. And I was like, okay, she did her tour. The tour duty's done. She now can, she can relax now, you know? Thank God she's done. Yeah, good for her. She made it. She made it. She's, uh. she's clocked out and now she can rest. You know, I, it's sort of like I. It's sort of like it's Tony Stark, man. He does the snap, and she yeah. looks at him. And she says, "You can finally rest." That's the king. That's like you know, they're you know, it's like yeah, give her a break. She's had a shit, really. I mean, I don't really know if she's had a life. shit life, but I mean, it's it's hard. You know, her dad yeah, died when she you, was nine. She, no, dude, you, you know. need to read. You need to read some stuff. I mean, she didn't do a a, a Prince Harry and write a tell all about how shitty her life was, but oh, her God. life was. Her life was rough. I mean, her life was incredibly difficult, and uh, you know, and, and you know, and that's that's the thing. It's like she 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 did not have it easy. She did not. I mean, part of it was she had to deal with the family. Then she also had to deal with the fame. Yeah, and she also had to deal with. She did. You know, she did marry Michael Jackson, and she had to deal with all of that fucking shit. I mean, let me ask you about woman, that. 
this woman had a very difficult uh, time of it. So I do say, say, hey, thank God she's done. She's put in her time. If there is a heaven, I hope that's where she went. If there's a rock and roll heaven, you know they got a hell of a band. And Lisa Marie. So <laughs> do, in 1995, Lisa Marie married Michael Jackson. Or 94, yeah. 95. I went up, you know, 94, around 95, yeah, somewhere in there. So I was, I think I was just coming off of, or maybe just going into Graceland when that when that happened. And I, you know, I loved Michael Jackson. I knew Elvis, like, and I knew that the Lisa Marie, Michael Jackson marriage was a thing. And I remember watching The Kiss at the MTV Music Awards. And yep, I was, I, I was 16 or 15, but I remember watching it going, well, that's, that's an awkward thing that's happening right now that's uncomfortable but you were older than me and probably had yes. more context around who these people were and why it was such a weird thing what is your perspective if you even have one on my perspective on that at arrangement the time, my perspective at the time um has not changed and granted this is not really based this is really based in rumors that were flying at the time but they seemed credible um, and then looking at their marriage and sort of how that kind of played out, I think there was some truth to it. Was that that it really was? It was just it it, it was a huge publicity stunt. publicity, yeah, yeah. Because you know it, her father was the king of rock and roll. Mm -hmm. Michael Jackson had just been at that around that time been sort of dubbed the king of pop. He's the king of pop, yeah. You know, and so, uh, you know, and, you know, and they, you know, I don't think, and, you know, and what we know about Michael Jack Jackson's sort of sexual proclivities, probably not a lot of like, hey, let's bone, you know, Lisa. <laughs> um, and so yeah. it was, it, it, you know, my, my, my gut reaction and even watching that first kiss and that whole experience was sort of like, yeah, this is, this is kind of cynical. It's, and it's, and, but it's icky. There's something icky about it. Well, it did the, well, the ickiness was, I mean, it was obvious it to me, and again, the rumors were flying around the same time, and, you know, I was, I don't remember how old I was, I was, I was out of college, so that's, you know, yeah. I was, you know, I was in Chicago at the time, and uh, and that was my, my gut reaction to the whole thing was like, this is... This is this is a show marriage, mm -hmm. and uh, and I was actually surprised it lasted as long as it did. Well, apparently um, they they considered getting back together for years afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, okay. And I think you know the thing is, I think I'm I'm certain that they they probably had a lot in common. Yeah, you know, in terms of like having super fucked up showbiz lives. Yeah, they probably yeah. could actually. You know what I mean? It's like the all right, well, all right, yeah, I'm I'm Michael Jackson, and my life is a fucking weird ass nightmare, and you're Elvis's daughter, and your life is kind of a fucking nightmare. So let's talk about our mutual nightmares together and have some simpatico. I think there was probably that, but I don't think that was a marriage uh, a marriage in any sort of like hey. We're in love and and we found each other. No, I don't. I don't think that's what it was. It felt. Yeah. It felt at the time and and in knowing kind of uh, in hindsight, it still feels a bit like it was like this was this was a showbiz marriage that was done for money, for publicity, for an opportunity to to you know rebrand. It, I think it was really more about rebranding Michael Jackson. Because was this time, was this before or after the he had kids? This was before. This was before, right? The yeah. Thing, the, the, yeah. The thing, the thing is that there were rumors, and and I do remember this. There were lots of rumors 
around that time, prior to that, that 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 Michael Jackson might have been gay. Um, there was a, there yeah. was this. I mean, I remember reading a, a story where where it, like on the it was like a National Enquirer thing is that he had AIDS. I mean, it was just a oh, lot yeah. of this kind of a lot of this kind of rumor monger going around. And 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 when it, when it was suddenly he's marrying Lisa Marie Presley, I went. Okay, well that's that's spin control. They're 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 trying to. They're, <laughs> it's like it's like okay, well all yeah. the rumors are true then clearly because this yeah, is yeah, well I mean, you, you know it's like sort of like well, all right well then we're we're gonna have him marry a woman and uh, and 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 we're gonna go with the the daughter of the king of rock and roll and that that makes sense. I think she probably was in a place at the time where she needed some money, um, yeah. and you know and because um, you know you think the money, she needed Elvis, money? I mean Elvis. Elvis did not. The thing is, Colonel Parker really fucked that whole family. The Presley family really got the shit into the deal. Yeah, and 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 so, you know, it's a little bit. And now I think about it, it's it's a little bit like uh, Stallone, not like Stallone, but like Stallone in that Erwin uh, Winkler, who was the initial uh, producer of Rocky, basically stole the rights to every character Stallone ever created, which is why. In Creed Three, Stallone has no—I mean, he's not even involved in any way, shape, or form. Mm. And they're characters he created, and so—and it's because he—he he basically was young, and 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 this guy took advantage of him. Well, Colonel Parker did the same thing to Elvis Presley. So when Elvis Presley died, because it's not like he planned on dying, he just—you he, know—he was yeah. fucked up on drugs and had a heart attack on the toilet. Well. God. The whole family, the whole family, they, you know, nobody had really gotten into the the finances, so they had some, but you know, it was it was hard. And I I would guess around the time, you know, ninety four, ninety five, she was she was pretty close to destitute in some ways, and uh, so hey, this was an opportunity. Um, you know, Mary, Mary, the reigning king of pop, he had tons of money. And I know, I know from what I've read that that yeah, they they can't. She she had a good deal with that. Yeah, she she did yeah. not live after that. She did not live poorly. So, uh, man, it's just yeah. It, there's just a level of I don't know. <sighs> I feel bad for Priscilla too. Like her grandson killed himself. Yeah. Her husband's dead. Her daughter's dead. She hasn't done a thing since the Naked Gun franchise. No, no, she, you know, it's like she fucked her face up, so. She did. She was so beautiful. Why'd she break she, it? She looks like Marlo Thomas now, and Marlo Thomas looks like a fucking mummy, so. <laughs> Marlo Thomas, another one, another bombshell. I don't know if bombshell's the right word, but. She was, she was. Who's that, who's that girl, man? That That girl, yeah. Whoa. She was, she was, she was smoking Was it that girl? American no, who's that style. girl? Oh, that's the Madonna. No, it's just, it's just called That Girl. Right, That, that Girl. That, but that was the show, yeah. But who's that girl? Was the Madonna movie with? Uh, I think you're right. I don't know. What's his yeah, face? Yeah, that sounds. That's yeah, with. Yeah, that sounds about right. Marla but yeah, Thomas, no, yeah, you know, anyway. just you know, and well, and and it's it's one of those things like you know, it's like I look at the Nicole Kidman uh, that that commercial of hey, the movies going to the movies live oh. theater. Oh my god, <laughs> and and my problem is that her face just barely moves, and it's kind of plastic, and it's like what the fuck? <laughs> Why did you do that to yourself, man? I mean, do you is it is it like you? And, and this is the thing I can't figure out is is it like you look at other women who've had plastic surgery and say. I want to do that to my face because they don't look good. They do no, not they, look good. No, they don't look good. And the thing is, like, with technology today, you'd think, and I've never gone in for a facelift or any 
anything like that. Um, but you think that they could digitally show you what you're going to look like before you do it. So it's not like you went, oh, shit, I didn't think it was going to look this way. Well, by I putting mean, these sure, fillers in or whatever. Dude, I'm sure they do digitally do it, but it's the difference between, you know, like, hey, here's this AI that's going to make an avatar make you look like a cartoon. Well, I look fucking pretty good in those cartoons, but the reality is I got to wake yeah. up with a real face and with salt and water and maybe caffeine and some cigarettes. And, hey, who the fuck knows what I'm going to look like? If I had somebody come in here and put a bunch of plastic in my face or strip, what is this, this, this cheek? fat removal thing which is just the ugliest i mean what the fuck are they doing dude uh, look man you want you it. want your buckle fat in your cheek that shit is what I, saved my face when i had my <laughs> yeah my i'm scar. just saying i'm just saying like like the the and i get it i understand but it, it's at this day and age this day and age um you know, get over it. I mean, I'm sorry, but we're we're in an age where women are are are, are allowed to go without uh, a lot of adornment and still be yeah considered attractive and and saleable. That look is saleable. You know, there's always going to be the hey, if you're super hot, you're gonna you know you're gonna get hired at the bank faster than the fat girl. I mean, that's always going to yeah. be a case, no matter it just the way it is. However, most of these people that ha- that can afford to have this kind of uh, stuff um man yeah calm down yeah you know i mean it's well like, men do it too like mickey rourke oh yeah i know um, jesus christ what a who's the other uh wayne is. wayne newton yeah he, well he was yeah wayne newton looks like a shrunken head well you can argue that wayne newton is probably a woman so well and wayne newton can also go fuck himself the guy's an asshole well yeah, i mean i'm sorry like, but anybody like, who threatens like to women. beat up johnny carson yeah like, exactly go it's fuck like I said, yourself like I said, there are far more toxic women out there than there are men, and I, I think he represents uh, <laughs> at least one of them. And now, Warsack of the News! Ooh, Don, this one got me excited. NASA's James Webb Telescope discovers its first Earth-sized exoplanet. Uh. What? LHS 475b is a rocky exoplanet roughly the same size as Earth that orbits a very close it orbits very close to a small dim star and for the first time researchers are able to study the planet's atmosphere well you know i think that's outstanding um you know it makes me happy that uh, nasa has taken a shit um and that there are no ways <laughs> It makes me happy that we stopped funding NASA years ago, decades ago, that NASA's really it's sort of like it's sort of like the staff of a late night seven eleven at this point. Um, <laughs> they're just they're just hanging on the best they can. And there's a telescope that can see that if we actually had financed NASA appropriately in the last forty years, <laughs> that we could like go to this planet and maybe see if it was a viable colonizing experience. But there are two problems with that idea is, number one, we have not been funding NASA, so the best they've got is some bottle rockets and a propane tank. And the other thing is we we, we can't colonize a planet because then we're just, we're just proliferating more fucking colonizing. Well, yeah, but this one would be hard to, to colonize anyway because it's 41 light years away. Well, but. if NASA had had some money, maybe mm-hmm. we'd have we'd maybe we'd have that sublight speed thing. That's instead good... of relying instead of relying on Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk yeah. to make giant cocks that fly in space. I mean, come on. 
Yeah. We really we really screwed the pooch when it came to uh, NASA. What a, what a small, small, uh, austerity-minded bunch of assholes we became. Speaking of screwing pooches, this one's for you, Don. <laughs> the female cop who got fired for on-duty sex with her co-workers told them she was in an open marriage, but apparently never told her husband. <laughs> Well, see, I'm not the only one. I, I'm not the only man who's experienced this. I do have a feeling the reason I feel like I'm the only one is that guy, that husband. It, he isn't writing a book. He's not He's not putting it out there. He's embarrassed, like I should be, um, and humiliated like I am. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I read that, and I thought, oh, yeah. Every, the thing about it is once something like that happens to you, you suddenly – it's like getting a blue car. You get a blue car, and then all of a sudden – everybody's got a fucking blue car. Look at all the goddamn blue cars. And it's just because you've got one. Well, as soon as you have your wife become a prostitute and and then two, two and a half years, three years tell you, and, and then there's divorce and there's all that kind of weird shit, you start looking around and you start seeing, you start seeing some of this shit and you go, man, mm. at least it's not just me. No, it is not. It is not just you. Uh, this is a. It's a fun story. This is on uh, Barstool Sports. If you want to go and re- <laughs> read the story and see pictures of this, <laughs> of this fucking <laughs> this this uh, slutty yeah. cop, and I don't say slutty in a bad way. I mean, but look, you know. Uh, oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Please say it in a bad way. It's a no. bad way. Well, I mean, if she was just no, if she was just having sex with right. all the cops, like with fifty-seven, if she was just she getting was, blockchained by a bunch of cops and wasn't married, then she's then she's just sort of loose. She's having fun. Yeah, and that's she's, fun. Great, she, right? She's she, a liar. She's a liar. She had a fuck. She had a fucking husband. She's a fucking whore. Yeah. Period. That's it. Four cops get fired for having sex on duty with a female officer who hosted a girls gone wild hot tub party. See, I mean, <laughs> look, man, if, if cops aren't killing black teenagers, they're sucking everybody's dick I, on the force. Hey, I, it's one or the other. Here's the thing. All I can say is a girl's gone wild hot tub party for cops is not as tawdry as having sex in a van for $100. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. So I want to talk to that husband and say, yeah, you think you're embarrassed. Coinbase lays off around 20% of its workforce as crypto downturn continues. This isn't a surprise to me. I mean, it's it's, no. it's like you did you see did you see the uh, the documentary about what is it Lulumon or Lulu whatever it is where they sell the fucking uh, fat lady pants? Lululemon. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. There was like a, I mean, they're they're not a big... fat lady pants, but okay. Well, they're like fucking yoga pants for people that don't want to wear pants. It's like fat broads wear these yoga <laughs> pants. Anyway, it's. I mean, I'm just saying what they are. I mean, I just observed the documentary, and the women that buy them are not svelte. Anyway, <laughs> that it's just a pyramid scheme. That's all it is. Coinbase, all of crypto is. It is based on, and that's what I love about about it is. Anything that is based upon nothing more than your own belief that yeah. it can happen if of enough people believe in it is not real. It's it's that's yeah. that's religion. That's a that's a cult, man. That's some weird shit. And and crypto, it was destined to go down mm-hmm. in the same way that Jim Baker was destined to go to prison. <laughs> that's a nice that's a 
through the through the time warp connection. There you I go. Like that. Hey, that was, we were talking about we were talking about the nineties earlier, so I figured yeah. you know that no, that fits. That works. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got another I got another cop story for you. Oh God. <clears throat> well, you know me. I love the police. LAPD. LAPD finally decides cops shouldn't be driving around totally wasted. This is to, to, be, to be clear. If it wasn't clear already, this is a Vice News headline. LAPD finally decides cops shouldn't be driving around totally wasted. Although it won't say why, it just limited cops off-duty drinking. But Vice has a few ideas anyway. That's you know, you know. I'm, well, I'm glad you know. Here's the thing. Uh, you know, and and I know you hate the police. I'm I'm like, hey, we've made real progress. You know, there's a lot of progress that's been made, and that's a good thing. And I think you know, any progress is good. So yeah, maybe maybe now saying that pol- that that men and women on the streets with the authority to stop people who have mace, handcuffs, and guns probably shouldn't be drunk or yeah. stoned while they're out on the street. You know, I think let's just, instead of saying, hey, what, I can't believe how shitty they all are, let's say that's, that is a step forward. So you're going to be getting your own place here pretty soon. You're putting your life back together. So this... I am. Uh, this is not going to impact you directly. I looked it up. This is not a, impacting Wichita. I don't even know if there's a Bed Bath & Beyond store in Wichita, but... Yeah, there is. Yes, there oh, is. Oh, good. Well, then you're in, good, you're in good shape here, Don, because Bed Bath & Beyond store is... Bed Path Beyond are closing 62 more stores, and none are in Wichita, none are in Kansas, so you're good there. Yeah, no, no, they've got a, they've got a, or it's a bath, you know, that's things, I could say it's bet to me it's a bath and body works, that's a store too, maybe that's the ones we have here, I don't care, as long as it's a place <laughs> that I, I can walk in and be assaulted with as many artificial smells well, that's, right at the yeah. same time. I that's mean, it's bath just like and body knocks. works. Okay, then that's where, yeah, okay, because Bed Bath & Beyond sounds about the same to me. I wouldn't know what, you get soap, you know, I bought, I bought, we went in, my mom loves candles, I love candles, um, I bought a, I finally, knowing that my ex, my third ex-wife would hate me for this, that she would be so disgusted by my wasteful spending on shit she could find in a garbage, yeah. I bought... I bought one of those, uh, the car diffuser things with like eucalyptus spearmint for relaxation. And it makes my car smell really nice. And I really fucking like it. And I got it from (laughs) either Bed Bath Beyond or Body Works. So why are they closing 62 stores nationwide? Well, they've been on a a tear closing closing stores. Um, Yeah, it's just (laughs) shuttering... they're shuttering hundreds of stores amid talks of filing for bankruptcy. You know, it's it's um, it's the brick and mortar collapse. I mean, that's you know. Oh, these... I guess that's true. You can still buy stuff online from them, right? You can buy. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Because it's those, like because they own pockets and yeah, they oh, own shit, um, okay. Bye Bye Baby, which is a baby store. Harmon, which is something I don't know what Harmon is, but yeah, like Bye Bye Baby and Bed Bath and Beyond are like huge for the wedding and the baby registry industry. He's the guy that he's the guy that 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 started in summer school, right? Harmon? Yeah. Uh no, that was Harvey Dangerfield. No, it was Mark Harmon. It was Mark Harmon. No, that's the Shark Tank guy. 
Oh, you're thinking of Mark Hamill, who is Luke Skywalker. That's Luke Skywalker. Okay, yeah. okay. I knew there was something. There was a connection with Bed Bath and Beyond because yeah. you can get you could actually get lightsabers. You buy your scented. lightsabers there. Yeah, light lightsaber scented <laughs> uh, candles and 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 wall pockets and shit for your car. So right. yeah, yeah, I get it. It's all it all. I knew it was going to come full circle at some point. Yeah. Speaking of full circle, look at how we're. This is this is great. Now we're just moving right through these. Um, our last headline. Comes full circle. We began with a space story. We're going to end with a space story about the circle or circle-ish that we live on. The ozone layer is on track to recover in the coming decades, the United Nations says. Well, you know, hey, yeah. I, see, the thing is, you, I don't think you were alive or you were just barely, like, barely alive when all the, the hole in the ozone layer kind of shit was going on in the 70s. But I do very, very distinctly remember the absolute catastrophic crisis that the ozone layer was, that there was a hole in the ozone layer. And and when I was I, probably sixth or seventh grade, I mean, the, the, the talk was we were going to fucking burn the yeah. planet, was going to completely burn up. The catastrophizing was amazing. The fear-mongering was crazy. And what I would like to indicate that this story says to me is that we have to have a bit of perspective. And part of that perspective is when I was 1975, 76, and everybody was talking about how the ozone layer had a hole in it well, and, all, and everything was fucked and we were going to die in 10 years, that didn't happen and now we can say it's repairing itself yes we did something about it and that's why it's doing it but i can also say that anybody that's like throwing tomato soup at a fucking uh you know van gogh and then gluing themselves to the fucking wall (laughs) aren't any different than the people who are going we're all gonna burn up and die because of the ozone it's like calm down well that maybe, kind of but... that kind of cri- that kind of crisis shit that people have been doomsaying for as long as there've been people uh you know and so calm down and look at the objective shit so that's what i like about that story is it kind of proves in my mind yeah people are going to go completely nuts they're going to say there's a huge crisis happening right now it's the end of democracy because an asshole was president no it's the end of democracy because they failed a coup no it's not the end of democracy it's not the end of the world and the worst thing that's going to happen to this planet is that we're not going to destroy the planet the planet's going to be just fine we're simply going to make it really fucking awful for us to live here (laughs) I want to I want to fact check you on something. The a hole in the ozone was not discovered until May of eighty five. Oh wow! Then well then yeah, there you go. So it was even sooner. I just remember maybe it was the Carter. I'm thinking of the Jimmy Carter. Oh, that was right. Okay, the energy up. crisis. What happened was in in when in seventy six seventy five seventy five. That's yeah. that's when they started talking about peak oil. Yeah, that was yep. when they started catastrophizing yeah. about peak oil. And then in the 80s, it was the ozone layer. You're absolutely correct. Either way, I've lived through two things that turned out to be complete bullshit. So that's good. Well, but I think that there's something to that. I mean, like, we have to sound the alarm when these when we no. notice these things so we can fix it. No, you we, sound we the alarm. When there's the, a fire, you hit the fire alarm. Yeah, you don't yes, freak out. Thing, you or, fi- orderly file out well, of the building. And, 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 and call I the think police you just, or call the fire department. You just said the right thing. We First of all, it doesn't have to be an alarm. It just has to be a warning. And number two, 
we don't freak out. If you look at everything on news, if you look at all this stuff, that's all we do is we recommend well, right. freak out. And it's just, it's pointless. it's pointless. But I mean, this is this is what's impressive about this, that two years, this is from the story, two years after the discovery of the dire state of the ozone layer, international bodies adopted a global agreement called the Montreal Protocol. I this established that. the phase out of almost 100 synthetic chemicals that were tied to the destruction of the all-important ozone. I was probably in seventh grade because I grew up with like the ozone layer is fading and you yeah. Know, we're, yeah, we're going to burn up. We can't use aerosol hairspray. That's bad. And aerosol bug spray. So there was always this, yeah, f fear. I mean, it didn't like cripple my life or anything, but I was always aware of it. But I did create or create, um, I imagined for, I think, a school project, like an ozone layer rebuilder where it's, it's basically just like a cannon that you stuff, you like put ozone, ozone. into it, you know, and then you shoot yeah. it up into the thing. And I was like, why can't, why can't this be a thing to fix it? And my teacher was like, I love your thinking, but it's just, it, it, no, it's not like a spray on bandaid. It doesn't work and that then, way. <laughs> and, and then your, and then your teacher went off and said, that's such a brilliant idea. And if they had only fucking funded NASA, yeah, maybe. We could have done it. Maybe. There are six things you should do this week. My first thing this week is a listen. Uh, it's Freakonomics Radio Podcast. Episode 530, this is called, uh, this is last week's latest episode, so it should be at the top of the of the feed there. What's wrong with being a one-hit wonder? And it's a good look into, like, a scientific look of the creative process and what it takes to be creative in recreating hits or manufacturing uh, or coming off of failures or whatever. It's just, it's a it's a good thing for the creative mind to, to dig into and... and and hear about interesting stuff. I love it. Okay. Um, my first thing is, and I will listen to that. My first thing is also a listen. Um, it is, I don't know if you've listened to, uh, are you familiar with Megan Daum and Sarah Hader? I, those names are familiar, but no. Okay. Megan, Megan Daum does the unspeakable podcast. I'm a big fan. Oh, of yeah. her. She was mm -hmm. a, she was okay. a big essayist, uh, in, in the, in the nineties and stuff. Sarah Hader's like 20, I think she's like 23, but she, they do these, it's two women writers, um, of a different generation. And that's kind of their, 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 their pitch. You know, it's, it's a, it's a self-hating millennial and a uh -huh. burnt out Gen Xer, but it's called a special place in hell is the name of their podcast. <laughs> and the latest episode released January 12th is called Betsy Ross token hire. Oh God. <laughs> and it is a really, it is a really, really fun because there are two things that I thought fun. First of all, they're just fun to listen to. But the second thing is they have such an abysmal understanding of history. So listening to them talk about women in history and not have a fucking clue is really fun. They're both really smart, which is why it's really funny. And they and in this particular one, they talk about this guy's uh, reading list apparently made a big stink in uh, on Twitter. And uh, and and it's a very funny episode. And as a writer and a reader, I think you you genuinely appreciate it. Wait, let me get this straight. So are they supposed to be? Dumb, like is that their bit? No, their bit is that they're both writers. Uh, 
they talk about but they, they talk about cult, so, culture war. So they don't know they, history not as like a way to be funny. Like they're just wrong. No, they just yeah, they're just wrong. Well, the example that I thought was very funny is they start talking about uh, one of the things Hater wants to bring up is that what she remembers is like all the men that did amazing things and horrifying things when she was a kid reading history, but she doesn't really know about a lot of women in history that did amazing things. Sure. And Megan Dom says, well, they didn't do anything amazing. <laughs> and and then they go into, and my favorite is like, and so it's like, so who's, so what, it, Betsy Ross is famous because she made a flag? What's the big deal? And then it's like, <laughs> Dolly, Man, and I love this. So what did Dolly Madison do? Was she a baker? And it's obvious. It's, no, I think she was crazy. Wait a minute. I think that might have been uh, Lincoln's wife. No, no, I think it was Dolly Madison. I mean, just listening to them not fucking fact check themselves is just brilliantly funny. But Don, that's that's our bit. Well, I know. That's why I thought it was so funny, and that's why I thought I would share it as 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 one of my six things. So I think you should listen to it. I think you'd find it fun, and it'll make you laugh. I, 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 how long has this podcast been on? Because I feel like it's only been they've only it's been only been a couple of months. Basically, uh, Daum has a so it's two She's, it's two white women of different ages. No, no, it's a white woman and an Iranian woman. Iranian American. Okay. Sarah H- Sarah Hader is I think she's Iranian American. I know she's Middle Eastern American. This sounds I mean, I'm not Middle Eastern. But it sounds a lot like our show. Yeah, I know. That's why I like it. And it's broads and I then it's fun. And it's broads. Well, yeah. All right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, my next thing is a read. It's in the Atlantic, shocker. Uh, This is a fun one. You don't know how bad the pizza box is. So this is all about, like, packaging and how the delivery icon hasn't changed in 60 years and it's making your food worse. It's a super fun read. It's really interesting. And it is quite amazing to consider that we don't have a better way to to deliver pizza, but also the pizza box is kind of perfect. Near perfect. It is kind of perfect. Yeah, it's about as perfect as you're going to get. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, you don't know how bad the pizza box is. Good read. It's a good quick read. My second thing is also a read, not in the Atlantic, surprisingly. It's in the Guardian U.S. Serial liar George Santos is the politician Americans deserve. <laughs> I will let the I will let the headline say all it needs to say. It's a really it's it's not funny, but it is it's funny in that ironic oh my god way, and. Just that this guy, this guy is the biggest lying sack of shit that he developed. His lies had a very specific locus to appease affluent Republicans in his district. Um, and every, I mean, it's the thing about it is I'm expecting at some point for him to pull a mask off and he's like a fucking badger. Or something. There's, there's <laughs> nothing about this guy that is real. Everything he's manufactured about is a fucking lie. He's, you know, he's like, he's going to be a 13 year old girl saying, I just preferred this. I don't get it. I, the guy's, it's just, it's a great serial liar. George Santos is the politician Americans deserve in the Guardian U.S. All right. Uh, my last thing to do is a watch. It's on Netflix right now. Bullet Train. This is a oh yeah a film. Yeah, really fun. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. The story's not that great. I kind of lost it along the way, but I was also on that f- super fucking yeah, hot you were medical high. weed. It's not, 
It's not a complicated story. I've seen it, and it's a, <laughs> it's not a great story, but it didn't. It's not like it's a. Vague but it's not story. supposed to be. It's just. I mean, yeah. it's the action is it's fun. Just, it's funny. It's got a great cast: Brad Pitt, yeah. um, uh, Sandra Bullock, Michael Shannon. Who's like? It's just everybody. It's really, really everybody great. Everybody yeah. is funny. Yeah, really yep. great. Um, but yeah, I agree. Train. I highly recommend it as well. And my third thing, my sixth thing, whatever, is also a watch. It is Megan. It's in theaters right oh, now. I'm sure it'll be streaming. Really? Dude, it is a fucking gas. It is, it is, it's, the thing about it is it's got the, the sort of the wink, wink of a Chucky, but she's creepier than Chucky and more Jesus. fun. And I, cause it really is, it's just an updated version of child's play, except it's really good. It's super funny. I mean, th- that was the thing I, that, that shocked me was how goddamn funny it was. It's a really funny movie. And it's you know it's not scary, but there's a lot of jump scares, and it and that's fun. Hmm. And who and you know it's it's I I I highly recommend Megan. It's a blast. It's a lot of fun. All right. I mean, I can't promise it, but I'll. Ugh. Yeah, that just, it just looks too creepy. No, it's not that creepy. It's really more funny. It, it, just telling you, it's a lot funnier than you think. I All just right. thought it was. I thought it was a blast, and what I can't wait for is a a sequel where it is Megan versus Megan, because I I want to see that Terminator thing where you've got like the <laughs> nice Megan and then the evil Megan, and they go at it because that shit's cool. All right, and that's the show. Listen to that some Elvis this week. Yeah, absolutely. Listen to some Elvis. And listen, maybe listen some to some Michael Lisa Marie. Listen to some uh, "Lights Out" Michael is an Jackson. eerie song. There you right go. now, because she's singing about how her family is buried in Graceland, and she's yeah. probably going to be buried in Graceland. Yeah, probably so. Anyway. All right. Have a good week, y'all. I don't know why I did that. That was a weird... Uh-huh. You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. What the fuck?